Hey, it's the Happen to Your Career Podcast, episode 71. Are you struggling to narrow down what it is that you want to be doing? You just know that what you're doing right now is not it, and there's got to be more, but you're also struggling to figure out how to even figure out what that is. Well, you can enroll in our free eight-day mini course that helps you get that answer and get to a decision of what it is that you want to do next. So all you have to do is text HTYC to 38470. That's HTYC to 38470 or visit figureitout.co. It's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. And even um, being an expert in or trying to be an expert in leadership development and management through my graduate education, it's completely different in how you see it in the real world and involving the emotions. And being able to manage your emotions has been really the biggest lesson for me. This has happened to your career. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and then make it happen. Whether you're looking to do your own thing or find your dream job, you've come to the right place. I'm Scott Barlow. Hey, it's Scott, and I'm going to do something a little bit different this morning. And the reason I'm going to do it is because, well... You may have heard before a time or two on this show that the things that cause you to grow are the things that get you outside your comfort zone, which means doing something differently than what you've done before. So I kind of got to practice what I preach, right? Now, I'm I'm outside. I'm out I'm outdoors. I needed a break from my computer anyways. So this is this is perfect. I'm actually in in my neighborhood sort of walking around kind of near my backyard. And we live next to some wetlands, so you can probably hear the birds, you know, the frogs, and I don't know, everything else that's going on. We got all kinds of animals over here, you know, deer that show up in the middle of the yard, the whole works. But I want to tell you a little bit about my conversation, really, with, uh, with Olivia Gamber. And this is particularly interesting. I, I actually found it fascinating because she has the same background as a whole bunch of different other people. Um, not necessarily the same in exact same degree or anything else along those lines, but you know, she went, she went the traditional route in that she, she got a degree and then she decided to pursue you know, a graduate degree and everything like that. But where it gets very, very different is how she chose to approach figuring out what it is that she wanted to do, because she had the same sort of setup as you or I or anybody else. And what she ended up doing was drastically different than what most people will ever think to do or hope to do. She, she, watch it and don't worry, you'll, you'll get to hear it in our conversation, but listen for her telling you exactly how to contact other people. And by contacting other people, engaging with them and getting into conversations with them in order to figure out what they do and get that kind of synopsis that most people never get the insight into. Most people really have no idea what, what different types of jobs are or, you know, what this person does. Or like when I talk to people about HR management, uh, people are like, oh, okay, so that's like firing people, right? And it's like, well, I do that too. But, you know, that's, that's kind of it for most types of jobs. Unless you've been there, most people really don't know what it is that, uh, that other, other jobs do. So she got a whole bunch of experience very, very quickly. It's a very, very unique approach. I was thrilled to pieces to have her on the show. She has also, in addition to what she does with uh, talent organizational management and things like that, you know, she has her own website called occupationalolivia.com. You've got to go check it out. But before you do that, take a listen to this conversation. I am really interested in talking with you about you've you've climbed the corporate ladder fairly quickly, and I would say at a reasonably young age. Is that is that kind of fair to say? Yeah, definitely. Now you're a, you're currently manager of talent and organizational development, right? That is correct. Okay, so here's the thing: I know what that is because I've got a background in HR, and I and I've worked in in a whole bunch of uh, talent development and, and organizational development pieces and on projects and everything like that. 
but I've kind of found that nobody else knows what that is. So help us understand what on earth that is. No, that's a great question. And it means a lot of different things in different companies. But for mine, it's really everything under the talent bucket, which is a little strange because I I work in a mid-sized company, about 1,500 people. Yeah. So I've been in Fortune 500s where talent in OD actually represents just leadership development Mm -hmm. and more of the organizational development side. And so just to put that in layman's terms, it's really looking at development of the organization, how to get them where they need to be in the just really economical environment. And then also leadership development. What competencies do leaders need to be successful in the future and in the current state? Yeah. Yeah. So that that's interesting. And, and just in general too, I found the exact same thing that from one company to another, depending on size, depending on what their outlook and their culture and everything else and and just what they call different things, it can be drastically different. So that's interesting that you've had the same experience. Yeah, it's very broad right now. I manage a team of recruiters yeah. and um, that typically doesn't happen in a bigger company. No, no, <laughs> not at all. Interesting. So how long have you been doing that now? Um. Let's see. I graduated with my master's when 2012. So it's going on really three years since I um, really got into that field. Okay. So here, here's what I'm really interested in. How did you, how did you get there and how did you make some of those, those transitions and, and move into that type of role? Cause that doesn't just happen for most people, right? Right. It, yeah, that's a great question. And I think, um, starting, I was actually in San Diego at the time and, um, really ready to graduate a, f- a few months out. And I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And I actually had a very unique degree. It was industrial organizational psychology. And that's a mouthful, I know, but most people don't even know what it is. Um, especially in the corporate world, it's still relatively new. Yeah. And um, it's really a lot of the people that have it can do a lot of different things. They can go into training. They can be consultants. They can do in analytics. It's just very broad because it's a very well-rounded degree. So I had to figure out really quickly what I wanted to do. And I actually didn't really have a very clear idea of what talent and organizational development did. So it sounded interesting. And... I really just started very broad and um, had to figure out really quickly what roles I wanted to target. I did end up landing there, but not by chance. I was really kind of rigorous about it. I started with a few job titles, and that was one of them, just because it looked interesting based on people's profiles that had the job. Yeah. And then from there, I spoke to people. I would probably message about 10 people a week and just want to get on the phone with them and figure out what they liked about their job, what they didn't like, and... Um, just learn more about what would be the right fit for me. Um, and then I tried to figure out which companies to work in because the, each title meant something completely different in a different company. I learned pretty quickly. So it was really a combination of researching and figuring that out. And what ended up happening is it happened really organically. I, I met a woman who is in a, the role of talent and organizational development specialist at Insight. That's just a Fortune 500 IT company. Yeah. Um, I ended up just connecting with her really well. And I wasn't really looking for a job at that time. I was really just trying to understand what she did because I, I wasn't even graduating for a couple months and I was still in San Diego. But she wanted to keep in touch. Um, and we, we ended up going to lunch when I was in Arizona. And at that time, she decided to forward my LinkedIn profile to her boss. And that's really how it ended up happening. And um, I I had to go through a lot more practice and rigor of actually marketing myself because I didn't have that experience. And I was going up against people with more work experience. But I think what really got me ahead was that I knew the jobs and the problems that they were having on that team better than anyone else that was my competition. Okay. So let's back way up for just a second because this is so interesting because I meet um, so many people and I and I get emails um, weekly 
sometimes daily about uh, you know people having challenges with with this and people getting over sort of the the fears of I don't have the experience how am I going to go up against you know all these other people that uh, that do and and a lot of people end up not even trying but let's even go back before that I'm curious about those conversations that you were having you know you said hey I uh, I started just messaging people on LinkedIn that looked like they had jobs that uh, that were interesting to me or you know had profiles that were interesting to me um, tell, tell me about that and, and, and how did you go about that? And then, you know, how did you end up getting them on the, on the phone? And then I'm really curious, uh, I want to ask you what, uh, what, what you said and how you'd start those conversations too. No, yeah, absolutely. So I think what led me down that path, it wasn't that I just thought to do that immediately. Yeah. It was the frustration of applying for jobs and hearing absolutely nothing back. Isn't that terrible? (laughs) It's the worst feeling, you know, and I got sick of uh, doing the same thing over and over again because it wasn't really getting me anywhere. And I heard that all of my peers were doing similar things. Um, We did have like a speaker come and talk to us and share how he got his job. And he said, really, it was all about networking and you know, nobody really tells you what networking means, but it's just networking, me, right? You just I just thought go and do it very logically. <laughs> I think about things pretty logically, and, yeah. and that's really I went directly to people in jobs that looked interesting to me, and I, I was in discovery mode because um, before I even applied to anything, I wanted to know what I was getting myself into, and also just what I would be doing. Um, I, I started out with some very random job titles and I ended up narrowing down to talent in OD. So I think um, looking back, how did I get the courage to not worry about my lack of experience? Well, honestly, I just didn't want to have an entry-level job. I invested a lot in my education and I refused to accept that I was going to be in a job that didn't require my degree and I felt pretty confident in the experience I got for my graduate program, I think. So where do you think that comes from? Because I've met and interviewed um, probably probably a couple hundred people for various different jobs that had graduate degrees that really didn't have necessarily any different experience than, um, than well, I, I guess two things. I've interviewed you know people for a graduate degree or for graduate type level positions is what I would call it for lack of a better phrase. And then I've also entered them for interviewed them for entry level positions, various people that have essentially the same experience, but are going after two completely different levels of jobs. And it's really interesting to talk to them and, and hear the things that are going on in their head and what they feel that they can get versus what they should get versus, you know, all of these other things that, uh, that get wrapped up in there. So where do you think that that comes from for you? Because not everybody has that outlook and not everybody is willing to go after it to that degree, I guess. No, absolutely. I think um, talking to people and learning from them, I did learn what they thought it took to get the job just by questions I was asking them. I didn't specifically ask them what if I could get the job because that's just a little too much. But I did ask really more questions that got around it. Um, Really, what do they think the most important aspect to being successful in that job would be what are the top performers looking like and what are they doing to stand out in that job? Those types of questions. Because I was really trying to figure out how can I market myself? I was thinking of myself as a product and how could I market to the hiring manager who's really the decision maker? That was part of the process. It wasn't just discovery mode. Obviously, I had some motives behind it because I needed a job. So I was um, trying to get in their heads and get in the hiring manager's heads and really figure out how without experience, because I wasn't, I I considered my graduate program's uh, experience and I was marketing it as such. And of course I had an internship while I was there and I think that really helped me out a lot. But um, what I learned pretty quickly is no one was talking about the qualifications when they answered those questions. It was really more about the person and it was more human than that. And I think people tend to look at 
qualifications and applications is a very transactional process and it's really not in reality how the decisions are made. Sometimes they are. I know some organizations like hospitals, they're very black and white with how they select people. But in the in the grand scheme of the organizations I was talking to, that wasn't really how decisions were being made. Isn't that funny? Because that's how everybody perceives it. Um, and I don't know, we're, we're two people that are in the people side of the business or have been in the people <laughs> side of the business. And, and I know we should probably both say that, uh, that it's, you know, that objective, but it's really not right. No, it's, I wish it was, but it's not it'd be a lot easier if it was human beings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's so interesting. Now, one of the things that I know will go people go on in people's heads as as they listen to your story is that well you know she's got a graduate degree and I don't and blah 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 but here's here's the thing I found is that what you're talking about is applicable to any situation like from somebody who has zero degree and fairly limited experience to you know a doctorate and in, in this or that or the other thing in in fact do do you know uh um, Arush Pandit? No, I don't. Um, we had him on the show a while back. Uh, he had a really interesting story, kind of similar story. He's got a different background than yours, but uh, he was a he was a research scientist and found out he didn't really like that all that much. But he, he kind of did the same thing. He had that really logical approach that you're talking about. So it's really interesting to me that you know two very logical people kind of arrived at the same conclusion. Just <laughs> just go and let's just go the direct route and let's just go talk to people and then find out what they want. And then let's give them what they want, sort of. Exactly. That uh, that's I don't know. It's I think it's borderline genius, really. So here's here's what I'm I'm curious about. Then looking back on that, you know what? And and we haven't even talked about occupationalolivia.com yet. We haven't even got there yet, right? But right. you <laughs> you provide career advice and next level uh, career success advice to other people. So I'm really curious, you know, when you, when you look back at this part of your career for somebody that is just getting into the job market, whether they're just coming out of college or they're looking to make a career change, what advice would you give them as they approach this type of process? Let me think about that. There's a lot of advice. So, (laughs) um, I think the biggest mistake I see people do and, um, really it's my peers, it's the people coming to me for advice, wondering, how I did what I did and why they aren't getting responses or why they're feeling stuck in their current job that they're really probably overqualified for and just not being utilized. So I think what I see the most is when they want to make a move, they don't get specific on the front end about what that's going to be. They rather figure it out later. And instead, they're wasting a lot of energy on very untargeted um, activities, if that makes sense. Let me cut in here. If you still don't know what it is that you want to be doing and you're still not doing work that uh, allows you to be able to leverage your strengths or you don't even know exactly what your strengths are, then you've got to check out our free email course that helps you figure out what it is that you want to do. We've had hundreds of people go through this course at this point and I've gotten numerous emails Um, almost on a daily basis now uh, about people saying, hey, you know, I can't believe you don't charge for this. You should put a donation button on here, all kinds of stuff like that. But really what it does, it helps you uh, take some of that overwhelm that you're experiencing about all of those options out there and instead put it down on paper to get an idea of what you should be doing. All you have to do is be able to text HTYC to 38470. That's HTYC to 38470. Just follow the text and we'll get you enrolled. So it, it makes sense to me because, you know, I'm sort of in this whole, <laughs> you know, you need to figure out what you want and then go after it type space, if you want to call it that. But I'm curious what you mean when you when you say targeted. So what what, what does that mean for you when you think about targeted? Well, let's say we all know that networking's the way to go and that's how the best jobs get filled is through referrals and through people. Yeah. Well, people think about networking as going to career fairs or 
meetups or networking events, and they're really just talking to everyone. And it can be very draining when you go to those events and you come out without being any closer to your goals, because it's really just shooting in the dark still. You still don't know what you're looking for. And when you're meeting people, you sound very unfocused because how are they going to help you if you don't know specifically which outcomes that you're seeking? So it, it, you're kind of running in the hamster wheel going nowhere. And that's the kind of activities I'm talking about is just not forcing yourself to get focused on the front end. And that's why everything's so ineffective and you're not seeing the results that you want. Well, and we spend a lot of time on this show talking about how if you identify what it is that you want, then you can start, you can start looking for it and you can start pursuing it but then it shows up in ways that you don't even necessarily expect just because you've gotten clear on what you want. And as you start sharing that with, uh, with other people, then you know, they often can provide ways that you can't even think of or connections or opportunities or, you know, you name it, fill in the blank type thing. But the th- thing most people seem to lack to your point is really that figuring out what they want in that targeted type approach. Um, because yeah, I mean, if you're if you're looking for a job, geez, even if you're a business owner, um, you know, same same dang thing. Like if you don't know what you want and you don't know what you're after, if you don't know what the end goal is or what the what those things are that you're pursuing, then it, it really doesn't matter which spot in life uh, <laughs> life you're in. You're probably not going to get there, right? It's like going on a road trip with no destination. Exactly. Okay, I I've got to ask you about this LinkedIn article. Uh, you, you wrote it and it's, it was about, you know, why on earth are we so bored and so busy? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this was, oh, go ahead. Uh, This is just interesting to me. Um, you know, I, and, and I've experienced this a little bit, uh, a little bit myself, especially, especially lately. So I've, I've built happen to your career on the side and uh, I'm still doing some HR work for a little while longer as I'm really getting more and more and more embedded in HTYC. And then I'll make the, the transition fairly, um, fairly quickly in the next uh, you know, inside this year. And, and I find myself, for myself even, you know, with a job that I really, really, really have enjoyed and have gotten a lot out of and been with an amazing company and everything along those lines that... You know, I'm I'm even starting to get bored to some degree. So um, not with HTYC. This is this is really exciting. And I think that that's part of it. But you know, I am I'm really curious about these things that you're saying about what you need to do to overcome it. And first of all, what do you mean by uh, you know before we even get to that, what do you mean by people getting so bored and how we're so dang busy? Right. Well, I see it every day especially at my job, um, we are really fast paced and we're running a hundred miles an hour, just trying to get our jobs done, just trying to keep our email inbox at a reasonable number. And I think it just becomes this transaction after transaction, task after task, and not taking the time to step back and really just be curious about why people are doing the things they're doing or asking those questions and trying to understand um, really why we are here and why other people are here and why they're doing what they're doing. I think it, and really the basic premise of that article is trying to be interested versus interesting. And I think that is something I'm actually, I wrote the article to kind of convince myself a little bit. (laughs) I I get bored sometimes when I'm not being challenged and I'm not um, doing something that I haven't done before because really I'm one of those people where if I've done it once, I've pretty much, I'm ready to move on and do something different and um, check it off the list. But I think what I started to learn is you control a lot of that. And if you wanted to be challenged and make a difference, it's really in your realm of influence. And it's just a mindset thing in the way that you're looking at your environment and the opportunities around you. If you're just in putting your brain in the box for the day and just going through the motions, then of course you're going to be bored. It's really not your boss's fault or really your company's fault. Even if you're in a job that is 
what you would say beneath you, there's still opportunity there for you to stand out. And it could be part of the reason that you are stagnant because you've just kind of written it off as it's all out of my hands. I'm just going to go through the motions. So you find yourself getting bored. How, how do you, how do you combat that then? I, I have to take a step back sometimes. And I think for me, it's all about what is the purpose of me being here and how can I contribute this day to my greater purpose. So for me, I like to think about, I like to develop people and I like to help people grow. And that's really what gets me motivated. And there's opportunities to do that every day in my job. And just being able to think about those people I see every day in ways that I can help them. The only way I could figure that out is by being interested in them and figuring out more about them. And sometimes we forget to do that because we're too busy. And those are the things that really make work exciting. The more human connections and and getting to know people around you and seeing how you can help others. It's not really what you can do for yourself because at the end of the day, that you run, you just kind of run out of ways to keep moving yourself up the ladder. And once you first hit that career plateau, it feels exhausting because you're so used to moving up very quickly and you feel like you're not doing good enough because you're not getting <laughs> any title increases or pay increases. And then what do you do? You just get bored because now you don't get any more challenges and well, you have to find challenges within that role. And that's kind of what I was talking about because like you said earlier, I moved up very quickly yeah. and obviously it's not realistic to expect that to keep going every year. <laughs> so that's really what I was thinking about when I wrote the post. Okay, so I'm I'm very similar in that like once I've done something and I've learned it the first time, even if I haven't learned it perfectly, like I am ready to move on. I feel like I've taken what uh, what I've wanted to take out of it a lot of the time, not all the time, but and then I'm over it and I want to do something else. So, you know, it, it sounds like you're kind of along the similar lines. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, definitely. All right. So, what on earth do you do? Because I'm, I'm struggling with this daily. I mean, even in, even in building this business, like there's a lot of things that I, you know, as I as I grow this business, you know, I only have so much cash flow to be able to pay other people for. So I'm still doing a bunch of it myself, right? And mm-hmm. some of it, some of it caters to my strengths, and some of it really doesn't. So the things that don't so much cater to my strengths, you know, once I've learned it and I've kind of internalized uh, uh, everything, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to be on to the next thing. So what, what's that like for you? And what, what have you found to be helpful in that, in that regard? Let me think. So give me an example of a task that Hmm. you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, so, for me, something that was really exciting for a while, uh, just learning the process, and I, I don't know, I consider myself a fairly creative guy, I guess, but video editing. So when I first started doing that, you know, I was learning to use Adobe Premiere and all these other things, and and you know, people who aren't <laughs> aren't excited about uh, video editing, they've all just tuned out. But you know, so I was I was excited about this because it was another opportunity to create. It was I'm kind of a tech nerd and techno geek, and you know, this was fairly easy for me to learn. Um, and then I could sort of create these really you know pretty cool videos with you know multi cameras and and all these other different things and and started doing that a couple of years ago with uh, with when I first started HTYC. So now I'm still doing video editing but um not quite to the point where I have thousands and thousands of dollars to be able to pay somebody else to take over that process because um video editing the way that I want it done is fairly expensive for any kind of any kind of results and I can probably find somebody out there that could do it for cheaper or whatever but you know that so that's something like that let's let's take that as an example got it yeah I know exactly what you mean because I've done video editing myself yeah. and it can be kind of monotonous and I think for me whenever I'm doing a task that I've done a hundred times over 
um, any opportunity I can get to figure out how to do it differently or better. Um, I like to watch YouTube videos too on editing and just figure out how to, every time I use, I actually use ScreenFlow and every time yeah. I use that tools and I still have to Google, I end up having to Google something and learn something different. And then it makes the process quicker for me because there's all these keyboard shortcuts and everything. Oh, yeah. But I think, for, I don't know if this applies to you, but for me, I've had to Pretty much every time I'm editing a video, I have to end up YouTubing something because there's some effect or some editing thing I want to do that I've never done before. And I think that knowing that I'm getting better and almost mastering a skill and thinking about it that way for me makes me kind of more excited because anytime I'm learning or growing or getting better at something, it excites you because really it's a huge skill. Video editing is a video's the future really of internet marketing and just being able to connect with your audience. So I think that if you could probably think about it from that perspective in ways that you can make your videos even better and even more engaging and even um, because there are ways to edit it. I haven't gotten here, but I've been doing some research and just the more cuts you have, the more engaging, I guess it is. I haven't gotten to the point and then having more sound effects and different types of things to, to keep people on their toes. Um, that's really what, and how to make them sh- uh, the right length and just keep people really watching your videos from beginning to end is really the goal for me. And I, I'm still trying to get better at that every day because sometimes my videos are just way too long and drawn out and I know I could do better. It's uh, it, so you're making me think of a whole bunch of different things. And, and I think you're right. I think that, you know, really pushing yourself to, be able to figure out what what else can you learn, especially if you enjoy that process of learning. And that's something I, I think I've not really done as much recently. I think I've gone to autopilot because it's like, okay, I have X number of tasks within a day, um, only this amount of time to get it done. And, <laughs> you know, I, I'm ready to, I guess, move on to the next thing or the more exciting thing or whatever it is, like a, a coaching call or, you know, I don't know, whatever it happens to be. So, so, so that's interesting because I think I've forgotten a little bit of of that, and I think maybe that's part of the excitement, and, and that's kind of what you're talking about, almost to some degree, only more applied to um, maybe people in some cases. With this, uh, you know, why are we so so bored and so busy? Type article, right? Yeah, I think people forget to prioritize personal development, and there's ways to weave in that personal development, not just from like a self-help perspective, but just making yourself, I I mean, really you're only as effective in today's world as, as quickly as you're learning. And every day there's opportunities to learn that are missed because we're too busy thinking about the next task before we can actually be present in the current task to see really the opportunity with getting better and learning. And when you're learning, you can't be bored because you're actually growing. I, I think for me, I th- fall into the trap of, I, I like to think I'm an expert at everything and I'm, I'm obviously not like, that's the furthest thing from the truth. But so like in video editing, you know, once I got to the point where it's like, Hey, I know how to, I, I know how to do multi-camera stuff. I, I know how to, you know, mess with, uh, with different colors, know how to, you know, be able to do all of these different types of cuts between the shots, know how to blah, 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 whatever it you know, happens to be. It's like, oh, okay, I can sort of write that off as an expert rather than saying, how, how can I look at this as a craft and how can I get better and better and better at it? And, and I think that, that um, that's interesting for me because I, I would consider myself somebody who fairly well focuses on, on developing myself. But, um, but I, I think that can really happen to anybody and everybody if we're not careful. And I mean, clearly it's happened for me. So <laughs> the, the, uh, you didn't know you'd get on here and be helping me out, right? <laughs> Am I going to get a bill afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> hey, so tell us about Occupational Olivia and how you started doing this and you know, I know that you've been doing this as a side project and everything along those lines, but tell me about how and why, and and you wanted to start. And these are some of the questions that I really wanted to ask you about it too. And we, we chatted on the phone, um, geez, what was a month, month and a half ago, something like that. Yeah. And and you told me a little bit about it, but after I got off the phone, I'm like, 
geez, I'm, I'm, I didn't get, to, I didn't ask her any of these things. I'm curious. So, so tell me all about it. Sure. So I think I started it about a year ago. Um, and the reason for starting it at the time was I have, I, I'm in the Gen Y generation and a lot of my friends and peers really just, they're very educated. They have master's degrees, bachelor's degrees, and uh, most of them are in jobs that don't require degrees and really transactional jobs that really are, they don't allow them to be creative or do anything interesting. And so I was coming up with the idea because I was repeating myself over and over again to my friends and I'm just always on my soapbox. So I'm that person that, <laughs> that you <laughs> go to that and person. get an earful, but you ha- you come to me when you're finally ready to hear the truth. So I, I was getting a lot of uh, calls, texts, people just trying to get me to help them look at their resume. And I was just, you know, I, I had to get them to see that it's not about your resume because I don't even know who you're who you're trying to market yourself to right now and I don't even know what outcomes you want. So I couldn't I refused to help them on their resume without actually knowing I was gonna be doing a good job. So um I talked to a lot of people really before I ever started Occupational Olivia. And I I found out that I was really lighting up as I was talking to these people and helping them and what seemed like common sense to me really wasn't. And they really had no clue. Um, and so I, I saw a huge need and I wanted to help people understand really how to get results because people are really just wandering through life without any direction. And I, it was, it's just really sad to see that. So what caused you to really start paying attention to that because so many people miss those things. And I I would say, you know, and now talking to you a couple of times, like it totally makes sense how that caters to some of your strengths and some of your experiences and all these other things. Right. But so many people miss that and take those things for granted and don't even realize that those things can be strengths or, you know, can be knowledge or experiences that other people don't have. And they, they just sort of write them off and move on. And they're like, I don't know what my, I I don't know what my passion is. I don't know what I'm good at. And you know, that type of thing. Right. So what caused you to really pay attention? I think, well, I, I have a psychology background, so I'm always trying to understand what people are thinking, why they're doing things, and yeah. what's behind their behavior. But what really got me to realize that I had a skill that people need and a, a message that people that could help people was I was actually at my wedding and my best, not my best man, my husband's best man was giving a speech, and part of the speech had to do with. Um, me and how much I had helped him in his career and just how he always comes to me for advice. And it was just really eye-opening because I never thought that he viewed me that way. And I think that was a really trigger moment for me to a light bulb moment. And I ended up, when I came back from my honeymoon, that's when I ended up creating the site. Because, you know, when you have time to reflect and look back, Um, that week away from work and all the craziness, um, I think it helped me see really what I had as to offer. And I I didn't want to wait any longer. So moral of the story, if you need to find out what you are amazing at, just get married. (laughs) If if, if you're already married, you may never, it's probably hopeless, but, uh, No, no. So that's interesting, though. So a couple of different things there um, that I'm taking away. One is that that's an opportunity, or was an opportunity for you to get feedback that, quite frankly, it doesn't sound like you know you're ever really getting in that way before, because you know somebody's forced to stand up and make a speech that involves you, and <laughs> but also that that time away for reflection. You know, that I think those are things that anybody can duplicate if if they want to be able to, they can go and they can seek out that type of feedback and don't have to wait until they, they get married or, you know, just have it happen upon you. Um, and then you can also intentionally take time away, but we discovered the whole busyness thing, right? Exactly. I think carving out time for reflection and looking back at the signals that are already there rather than trying to figure it out on your own. There's already I think a lot of signs if you just take the time to look at your past and and really 
what excites you. And I, I know you do a good job of really helping people through that process, but um, it's really, that part is not really a science, but it kind of is an art just looking at just the way that your life plays out and that what other people, and it's really the people around you, I think what they end up coming to you for and leaning on you for, and sometimes they see things that you don't see. Hmm. And, and I really do keep seeing this theme over and over again. And that's particularly hard for people. Like uh, one of my now really good friends, a uh, guy named Jody Mayberry, he was on the on the show. Um, you know, everybody else could and can see like this guy is just absolutely amazing with storytelling and weaving lessons in and uh, and writing in general. And and you know, he he had shared with me that it was really hard to be able to see those types of things and look at it in that particular way. And, you know, now he's doing, he's doing copywriting for different people. And, you know, we just did a copywriting project together where he's helping, um, helping HTYC for, um, a a launch that we've got coming up. And, and I think that, you know, those, those two points of just getting time away and doing so intentionally and then being able to seek out that, that feedback or just, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. It's, you talked about being targeted and being intentional earlier. And it seems like those are two really, really easy, but hard to, or maybe simple, but hard to do things that anybody can apply at any particular time. Exactly. I think you're, you hit it right there. It's really tough to take the time to think about just the way you're thinking and your past and, it's, I don't think people take time to do that. I think that they're so focused on just trying to pick something and move forward, but there's a lot of signals in your past and um, there's a lot of areas you could be digging into that people don't really even take the time to do. And they, they say, yeah, that sounds easy. And they, they don't really actually do it though. I, I've noticed that people don't actually <laughs> dig into it so, and that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. But how, you know, how do you, how do you do that? You know, because I really think that you're right. And, you know, we've got lots of people that listen to the podcast and everything like that, but the vast majority of them are not going to take action. You know, we've got all of these HTYCers out there and I really want to push people to take action. And that's, that's part of the reason why I'm asking this particular question is because learning without action or knowledge without action really isn't learning at all. It's really only learning once you can actually apply it in a particular way. So how do you actually apply it or take the time to be able to take action on whatever it is, particularly some of the stuff on getting clear about what you want? I, for me, it's more about, I, yeah, it's good to reflect and look back and have some ideas. And then usually you have a couple ways you can go. And maybe even multiple ways you could go. That's where most people get paralyzed because there's so many different answers that could potentially be correct. And for me, at that point, you just need to pick your top one. And it doesn't even have to have any reasoning behind why it's your top one and go talk to people. I think going out into the market and going external is really where you get your momentum and your clarity because sitting in your room by you can only go so far just sitting in your room thinking about your wants and dreams i mean ultimately it has to intersect with the market and what it takes to get there and by talking to people that have that you'll probably figure out pretty quickly whether or not that's a good fit for you because deep down inside you already know yourself you know or maybe you don't but in some cases when you're talking to people about what it is they do and what they had to do to get there, it becomes pretty obvious, or at least it did to me, through those conversations, what path made sense. And I talked to multiple people in multiple jobs because obviously when I started out my career coming out of grad school, I had no idea what job I wanted. And it, it became clear just by doing so many phone calls. And I, I would message 10 people a week and really, I'd probably end up talking to three or four that week. But just through those conversations, it, it was energizing because I didn't realize people actually cared and wanted to help. And 
and wanted to talk to me. So it was pretty cool. And I think that made me feel like I was moving forward, even though it wasn't immediately. The whole 10 people a week thing is, is interesting. And and what you say about how not realizing that people actually wanted to talk to you, uh, what, what really changed your mind or when, when did you change your mind? Like what, what happened that caused you to think about it differently? Well, to be honest, I uh, was terrified the first time I messaged 10 people. Be I couldn't sleep that night because I just, <laughs> I was so scared of what they were going to say. And yeah. I ended up getting seven responses and I was just shocked and amazed at how willing people were to give me my t- give me their time and after speaking with them I learned so much that I wouldn't have learned through a job description and um really people love to feel important and it's very flattering for them to get those messages and we think that they get them more than they really do what did you say in those messages cuz people um, get all kinds of caught up about well, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to, and then they don't do anything. Right. So I want to make it as easy as possible on, on, on people. Cause that's some of the questions that are going to be in people's minds as they listen to this, you know, what, what did you, what did you say? Well, in most cases, it's, there were some cases where I had introductions, so that was easy. Yeah. Someone could introduce me, yeah. but in the cases where it was completely cold, it, it was really just, um, they either they went to a school I went to. I tried to target people that had something in common with me, so mm-hmm. it would be somewhat relevant. But um, in some cases, if they had the same degree as me, I would just um, let them know, hey, I found you in this group. I really want to learn more about your job. I read your profile. It sounds really interesting. I'm kind of on a quest to figure out what my next move is going to be. Um, if I could just ask you a few questions by phone, that would be so helpful. Um, let me know and I'd give them um, a couple times that I could give them a call. And most of them responded back saying sure and gave me their phone number. And then when I called them, it was just amazing. But I think what I learned is to come prepared with really good questions because that really shows a lot about who you are and the types of questions that you ask. And I think that's what really helped me along the way is people really wanted to refer me because of just the way I carried myself and the way I talked and how prepared I was and just the ability to follow up. I think the follow-up is really critical because most people, they'll ask for advice and you never hear from them again. And you're just kind of like, okay, that that felt really good. Because the reason they're talking to you is because they want to make an impact and want to actually see you succeed and feel like they did something good. Yeah. And if you don't really keep them posted or let them know how you're progressing, it's it's a little bit disrespectful of their time and just it also makes the connection completely meaningless because you you don't stay in touch and it has to be nurtured. So so that's interesting. So you've got a you've got a background in psychology. So why yes. do you think that some of those things are so important to people or or when you're talking about those initial messages and you know how how you structured them or actually getting there and then having good questions and being prepared. Like, why do you think some of those things work so well? And then, you know, the staying in touch and like from the psychological perspective, why, you know, actually, um, I know you and I both follow Ramit Sethi mm, and mm-hmm. he actually co- talks about this a lot in his blog, but I completely agree with him. Yeah. It's about competence triggers and, I I think it's absolutely true. People are making that. It's that first impression. Um, It's the first time you're speaking with somebody. And if you're coming prepared and you're respecting their time and your questions are not questions that you could have just Googled, you know, um, you got to get deeper than that and actually get under the hood because really they're going to get irritated if you just ask them questions that are kind of common sense or you could have easily found yourself. So I think, I think it just shows the due diligence and, and your willingness to put in the effort and your genuine interest to go deeper. So that, that could have been like the equivalent of if uh, you showed up to this conversation, I'm like, Oh, so, uh, so, so you have a website. What's the name of that website? Or, exactly. <laughs> or exactly. I don't know, whatever else it might be. Yeah, you don't get like, past the surface then, and it's not really that meaningful of a conversation, yeah. and it's not that memorable. Yeah, yeah. 
So, so that's interesting, though. It, you know, I end up finding that I give out a lot of the same advice to people, but I find again and again that people don't really understand why some of those things work. So I really appreciate you explaining a, a little bit more about, about that. You know, oh my goodness, we, uh, we've been chatting away. I, it felt like 15 minutes to me, but apparently it's been like <laughs> 40 or something. So I, I, I just uh, want to take just a couple more minutes of your time. You've been really generous. Um, but I, I do want to ask you two, two different questions. And the first of those is, you know, you looking back and on your career and, you know, you're still fairly young, you know, you're, you're long way from, you know, long way from, I don't know, being whatever you want to call it, not uh tenured, really, really tenured, uh, you know, seasoned professional or something like that. Like you haven't been doing this for 25 or 30 years or anything like that. But right. as you look back just on what you have done and, and you've accomplished a whole bunch in a short period of time, what, what would you do differently? And I'm really curious as to, as to why. That's a great question. Let me think about that for a minute. Yeah. You know, actually, when I think about it, most of the biggest mistakes I've made in my career in the short time since I graduated grad school were around how I managed people. Mm. And so that's really, for me, where I messed up because you can read all the books you want (laughs) and you can, uh, and of course, I wanted to get to management as quickly as possible, but it's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. And even um, being an expert in or trying to be an expert in leadership development and management through my graduate education, it's completely different in how you see it in the real world and involving the emotions. And being able to manage your emotions has been really the biggest lesson for me. And I think that looking back, most of my mistakes involve emotions and not because I'm a very logical person, but once you reach that tipping point with <laughs> the emotional scale, there's no logic. And I think looking back, I think one of the biggest lessons I've been able to overcome is just managing my state and my emotional state because that's really what holds you back in the grand scheme of things. It's not qualifications. It's really your state because that's your motivation. That's how you behave. That's how you sound. It's how you're perceived. It's your body language. All of that other stuff in between that people don't think about is actually the the deal breaker, I think. So, so you've got a story in mind. I can, I can already tell there's one or two <laughs> things that are, that are popping up when you, when you say that, when you think about that. And I'm, I'm curious what it is. Yeah. Would you be willing to share a little bit yeah. about that? No, absolutely. I made the big mistake of hiring somebody that was a friend to work for me. Awesome. And that is where it all went wrong. Okay. So what, the, <laughs> what happened in that, in that case? I'm, I'm really curious now. You, you've piqued my interest. Oh, no, absolutely. I'm happy to share. So I think what happens is that, that I, didn't, I was too naive to realize at the time because I thought it was going to be fine. I'm perfect at just compartmentalizing my life and at work and my behaviors there. But what I realized was uh, most people are not um, good at that. And it is very it changes the dynamic of the relationship when your friend reports to you because that is no longer just this pure casual relationship there's kind of a power distance respect thing and um and that needs to happen and an acknowledgement of that for the relationship to work and that's really what was missing and it caused a lot of frustration on both parts, and it ended up just blowing up. Hmm. Like she ended up quitting. So yeah, it, and obviously it ruined, it damaged the friendship. And looking back, I was too naive to to get ahead of that problem. And I think I've experienced the same thing too. Like working with friends, it's it has to be. I don't know for it to work well. It seems like you have to put in so much thought and expectations and everything else up front. And there's just so many things. If you miss any of that, yep. just so many chances for it to go not well. 
everything you do and say could be perceived as personal at when you work with friends, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, so tell us a little bit about what you've, what you've got going on, what you're excited about and where people can find you. This has been a, this has been a fun conversation for me just to, just talking to you about things from your perspective. So I, re- I really appreciate you making the time, especially since, you know, we do, <laughs> we were just talking before we hit the record button about, uh, <laughs> we do these uh, recordings pretty early and on weird days and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, thank you very, very much. But where, where can people find you and, you know, tell us a little bit about what you've got going on. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, it's been really great talking to you too. Um, well, you can find me at www.occupationalolivia.com, and I've got a free five-day video series that really just walks you through the process that I explained on this call of how I went about getting my job and really right out of grad school, and I've tested it out on a few friends now, so I, I know that it works and it's proven, so I'm pretty excited about that. And at this point, I'm just looking to help as many people as possible get through that process and get out of a job that maybe that they feel they're underemployed because they don't have that work experience, so they feel that they're stuck and they really don't feel like they can market themselves at all. So I've been there and I've helped other people there, not just people with graduate degrees. So that's really what I'm excited about is just helping more people. Well, that is awesome. And I know we've chatted about before and I was excited about it too. And I was excited for your message and, and also excited for your experience. And that's why I wanted to have you on in the first place. And I, I do everything I you know said before. Absolutely. meant. I really appreciate you coming on the show, Olivia. This is, this has been fun. Yeah, it has. Thanks, Scott. Yeah. So you're going to have to keep me posted then on uh, on how things are going. And, uh, you know, I, I know that uh, you're about one one year into into this project and, and everything else. So I'm I'm curious how it how it keeps progressing. Absolutely. I'll be in touch. All right. So you heard it from Olivia. You need to take control of your career. You can do that in some really unique ways. That's going to cause you to stand out. Plus, at the exact same time, you're going to be able to figure out what it is that you're after. You're going to get better exposure to what the possibilities are out there. So I really appreciate that she took the time to describe that in detail. Now, come on over. I know that you know by now this is not your first rodeo, that you can go to happentoyourcareer.com slash 71. And that'll take you to all the show notes where you can find all of the links, the things that Olivia talked about, uh, and more. You can also be able to sign up for the eight-day course that, uh, that we've talked about that helps you figure out what it is that you want to be doing and helps you get unstuck and on to the things that you really enjoy. Because the first step is making that decision and deciding what it is that you want. Very often what happens is you get the things that you want. But if you don't know what you want, you don't ever really get there, right? So you know how that works. So come on over to happenyourcareer.com slash 71 and you'll find all of that and more. I am thrilled to pieces that you have spent your time with us today. This is so awesome. I very, very much appreciate it. I get I get numerous emails on a daily basis now with people telling me their stories and sharing what they're struggling with and also sharing their successes, the things that, uh, that they've been able to do with some of our resources. I love hearing those stories. So either side of the coin, get on over to Happen Your Career, drop me an email, do something because as you've noticed from this show, it's all about taking action. It's all about doing the things that other people aren't going to be doing. It's all about getting yourself out there. It's all about getting yourself comfortable with that discomfort. So if your first step is simply going onto the website or dropping me an email or dropping our team an email or something like that, that's okay. But you got to take those first steps, whatever they are. So Thanks so much for being with us. By the way, we would absolutely love it if you would go on over to iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a rating and review. That helps so much for 
everybody else to find the show. And the show's been growing lately. So we are ecstatic about that. And it's all because of you. It's all because of you taking the time to get more for yourself and get more for your career and helping yourself understand how this whole jobs and careers and happiness thing really actually works. And we want to be able to spread that to more people. So help us grow the show. And we'd just love to hear your feedback as you have probably figured out. We enjoy that sort of thing around here. So thanks for hanging out with us. And we're out.